When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish Football Periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Monday's Terrace Podcast, a, pod, a, a podcast brought to you in association with the noises that Charlie Dunn makes on his Instagram story. Uh, we're once again here in Glasgow, uh, in the leafy south side, and today I'm joined by two men knocking at the door for an international call-up, mainly through running out of bodies right enough, but it worked for Stevie Hamill, so it'll work for us too. Hello, Stats King Craig Anderson. Hello. And hello, Stone Cold Andy Hatton. Hello. And I'm Graham Thillis. So let's get underway and discuss how we're going to win the Euros, will we? Um, so... On Saturday night we saw Scotland absolutely scud Albania 4 nothing uh, with goals from Ryan Fraser on his for opening his account for Scotland, double from James Forrest also opening his account for Scotland and one for Stephen Fletcher. So what are we writing? It's hard it's hard to be overly critical. I, I will start with a <laughs> I will start by being overly critical though. I think that, I don't think they scored flattered us because Albania were hopeless, but I do think there were still some signs of the same frailty that existed in the Israel game in the sense that the midfield was a bit wide open at times and the right hand side of the defence, both especially the full back and the centre half down that side could be got at and that's a worry for Israel because they were strong down the left but having said all that the the vibrancy of the performance just the attitude of the players and everything was so so much better than that that game and it does kind of give you a wee bit of positivity where there was a real real shortage of it beforehand yeah that was when you look at it it looks on paper like a, a difficult time in Albania weren't that impressive when they came to Hamden um, and 
so that makes it. There's not as difficult a game as it's likely to be against Israel, and never was going to be. But it's away from home. Scotland's record away from home is is pretty poor. Uh, the fact that they had so many calls, especially in defence. I mean, we were playing McKenna and Bates, who six months ago, no one would have imagined they'd be playing those two at centre half. Um, I think I'd seen that just two and a half years ago they played against each other in the championship. Yes. So. Yeah, and it, can it shows partly how far they've come, and also partly how weak we are in that area. The fact that we had, you know, people like Christie playing, um, Fletcher was coming back. I mean, if he'd said it, if he'd said to me again about two weeks ago that. Stephen Fletcher would imagine, be back imagine, centre forward away to Albania. Imagine at the end of Strachan's reign, you wrote down this team yeah. and said, This is the team that's going to be. Well, first of all, you would be who the fuck is McKenna? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, Ryan Christie, what? Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, just on that as well, I mean, despite all the drama and the build up and all the call offs and all the various jokes about how the one, like the one I made at the start of the show about how we were about to get a call up. I mean, when the team was announced, it was one of the first things I thought was that I was very far from disliking the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there wasn't. I think there was that hysteria about the the call offs, but almost all the call offs were defenders. Yeah, yeah. And we have a very, very interchangeable pool of especially central defenders. We've got about mm-hmm. eight guys that are all about as good as each other. Yeah. So it kind of was like you know, it's not a big and deal. Then, and you looked at the, the leagues the players played in. I think I think there was only two or three lower league players in the entire squad, and the rest were either playing Scottish Premiership or, or English Premier League. Yeah. So it's not like you're you're not relying on boys mm. at a League One or something. And, and again, when you look at the call-offs as well, particularly mid, as you say in, in midfield as well, call-offs when the call-offs are people like uh, Kevin McDonald, I'm not really sure that's that's a bad thing no, for us because no. we, we seem to have this insistence that we're going to play Kevin McDonald despite the fact that. I don't think I don't I don't know anyone that particularly rates him in there. And that mid, the, the midfield that we played, I absolutely adored. I, I thought mm-hmm. it was absolutely fantastic. I, I was I was pretty happy. I, I agree with you, Graham. The fact that I wasn't disappointed with it, the the team that they had, and actually the fact that we were so short in defence forced us to play a formation that actually suits the players we've got better. <laughs> and that I don't think would have happened if we had all those. Guys, fit the other centre halves fit and Tierney fit. Um, I think he would have played four four two, but he would, played, he would have played Tierney right back, and it's hard to tell. Yeah, but yeah, but, but I mean, even go back to say Mulgrew being fit and uh, a few of the other centre halves. I, I agree with you. I think two days before he yeah, would have played four four two, but yeah. but going back, I mean, he'd, he'd been pretty determined to play three defenders the whole way through, uh, and I think the fact that. I mean, we'll never know whether that was what he was going to do if he had everyone available to him. But the fact that he didn't, it just made a lot more sense. You had Robertson playing left back, which is where he's comfortable with and where he knows what he's playing. Um, all right, the two centre halves, you can't do really much about them. But you could get the two wingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and that, uh, that's what I was going to come to. That was the crucial bit. You've got two wingers who are in really good form. In Ryan Fraser's case, kind of the form of his life so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't really seen them. I mean, we haven't seen Forrest at all. We didn't see him, I don't think he came on at all against Albania um, the first time round. Because the way 3 5 2 works doesn't particularly suit wingers. Um, it doesn't particularly suit a huge number of us. No, no, I know. You need to play two strikers and we've barely got one good enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then you've got, again, a lot of options in midfield now. It didn't really have so much of an impact, the, the midfield shape, I guess, in the sense of the, the, the middle of it. But it did just lend itself to having a few more bodies there, a bit more support. So, you know, Patterson and Robertson could go forward. They had somebody in front of them who was comfortable at dropping back if they needed to. 
it made a lot more sense. There was maybe a wee bit of a risk that it didn't look. It maybe looked a bit too offensive. The the way that they were they went with it. McGregor has been doing really well in that kind of similar position for Celtic, but away from home when a kind of inexperienced Scotland team were playing together, there was maybe a wee question. As Graham said, there's not really anybody else because McDonald's the other one he chooses and he's been pretty hopeless for us. But you're talking about that that three. I wouldn't want to play that three away to Spain or something. No, yeah, no. But we're not playing away to Spain, we're playing Albania. And Albania are shite, we saw that Albania are shite. But also, Israel are better than Albania, but they're not much better than Albania. We can play that three in these games. And and the sooner we, I think, having a holding midfielder is fine and we should still have someone who sits, but we've still got. McGregor and Armstrong are, are intelligent players and, and Christian likewise and so they, they know that you don't leave a big gap and as, as well as that with in, in Armstrong and in particularly McGregor you've got guys that are I mean McGregor just looks incredibly fit mm-hmm. and I know, I know it was something doing rounds on Twitter last week highlighting that Callum McGregor not being injured for like 200 games or whatever it was is, is amazing and again I looked at it initially. Like, that's a, like, fine, fair enough. But it is, I mean, he has played so much football, and again, doesn't look at any point like he's he's tired by it at all. Um, I think that your point of the two wingers is quite interesting as well because it's a sort of generally accepted fact sort of thing that if you play two wingers, you're going to get exposed, which may or may not be true against better teams. Fine, but in Forest and Fraser, you don't. It's not too. They're not two classic sand dancing wingers who are going to stay out in the wing and not come back and track back and help the two of them again put in such a power of work to make sure that their fullback isn't exposed. Which, when your fullback's Callum Patterson, that's probably a real yeah. benefit yeah. in that yeah. sense. He went, well, it's, I don't want to, again, as you say, Craig, I don't want to be terribly critical about anybody in the team because you won 4 nothing. But Patterson was really, really, really struggling out yeah. there. Yeah, he, he was the weakest element of it. Um, Gresta kind of got in position he's yeah. not, And it's Gresta, and Gresta's looked pretty rotten for Rangers yeah. so far. But the um, Patterson's not played right back in years. And yeah. even when he did play right back, he wasn't known for his defensive no. ability so much as he's kind of rampaging up the wing like a he just doesn't he doesn't look like he fits on a football pitch the big stupid moustache makes it all the better (laughs) and he has a chaos factor player that we've talked about so much I was advocating prior to Tierney's injury starting Patterson at centre forward Um, now now when you see the performance of Fletcher you're probably thinking he's just a bit more refined than anyone else we've got do you know what? I came across an interesting start with Stephen Fletcher where he's scored it's, that's his, that was his 10th goal in 21 competitive games for Scotland which once again proves that you can make anything sound good with statistics yeah, yeah. I mean, seven, of the, seven of them were against Gibraltar and Malta yeah. but at the same time he still scored 10 goals yeah. in 21 competitive internationals which puts him up there with just about any yeah, modern he should, Scottish he should, have, he should have scored against Wales I'm still furious about that just <laughs> like goal. I was sitting right in line with the touchline there and the ball did not go fucking anywhere near <laughs> the, uh, in fairness to him I mean he'd he was in for a job. I don't think anyone thought he would score actually when he when they saw his name in the team sheet. Because that's not really what Fletcher's there for. No. He scored three this season for uh, Sheffield Wednesday. And he scored three all of last season, so he's not in there as a, a centre forward that's going to get goals. What he's in there for is what actually he offered. He offered, um, especially when you've got a midfield like we had a really kind of attacking one that you've got Forrest. Um, Fraser, Christie, Armstrong, McGregor, all capable of breaking beyond them. And what he did was he held the play up pretty well and he got them into the game a lot. He, he had a good game, and I think 
there's there's times where using Fletcher works, and it's it's all about kind of horses for courses and using people in the right formations in the right games and and his hand was maybe forced but as you guys said in terms of that game it was the right to to go with an attacking team for that game there was no point sitting in against a team as bad as Albania and having Fletcher up front and allowing these midfielders getting beyond them actually worked Um, yeah it it was a good performance and it it started well I mean maybe just looking at the goals a wee bit the or in fact, just the performance in general. It was just a really mature performance. Albania were happy to stick a boot in and or a head. <laughs> I, um, and, and Scotland never rose to it at all. I mean, they went, they kind of rode out a bit first five minutes. It were slightly ropey, yeah. but no, nothing happened in it. But they rode that out, scored a really great goal. Then there was the sending off, and it could have been one of those games where it, everyone lost their heads, or that um, Albania kind of got into it, and they were under Scotland were under pressure against ten men, and, or they couldn't figure out how to break down that team yeah. again and get a second. But they just did pretty much everything right. They played the game really smartly. Yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the first goal. It's exactly what you want to see from a Scotland team. It's hunting down the ball in packs, and it's yeah. something. If you were to say what are Scotland good at at football, running and working really hard and being yep. aggressive is the first thing that you think about with a Scotland team. And the second thing you think about is really good wing play. That's like mm. the kind of tradition of Scottish it's, football. It's one of my favourite things. Like possession football and wing play is something which, in theory, if you believe if you believe everything that's written, Scotland invented that. Yeah, yeah. that side yeah. of the game. And um, never we've always had guys that are fantastic winners all the way through. Um, my history of watching Scotch, watching Scotland, and it's only in the past couple of years it's kind of disappeared yeah. from the national team as well. But but then you you bring you bring that in, and you've got Christie, you've got McGregor, both hunting in packs, yeah. chasing down that ball, winning it back. Um, a lot of the time, I think that that challenge it's definitely not a foul. You expect the referee to give give a foul when um, not when Christie goes mm. in, when McGregor goes in. So I was really pleased. I thought the referee was excellent actually. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Fraser gets on that and, and you're watching Fraser and you're like you know he's going to shoot and you're like he's, he's going to score because the guy's just in such, such phenomenal form yeah. at the moment yeah. had had he not pulled out of the last squad I think we would probably have probably have still won even regardless of all the nonsense yeah, that's I think, going I think on so. um, just because he just gives you a, a, a spark something that you yeah. don't get from anyone else hopefully this is the start of him getting a run of games in the Scotland team because if you look at that squad and you say who's our who's our best performing best players it's Robertson and Fraser that's the two that yeah. are playing at the highest level well just on that as well at which point do I have to sort of publicly admit that I was entirely wrong about Ryan Christie because it's been it's been I've, I've been sort of hanging on the fence here because I've, I've, I've been of the opinion I think I've said before that I never thought Christie would be a Celtic player yeah. essentially mm-hmm. I don't think he had that ability within him I thought I thought he was man of the match. From, from yeah, I thought he was. I, yeah, I thought I thought throughout the game he was absolutely fantastic, and just the way that he was moving the ball around, he just played with so much confidence. Just now. and of course, it, it, so much of football, as we know, is, is dependent on player confidence and how well they're playing at that particular moment in time, um, and that's absolutely fine. But I, th- I, or, I thought Christie put in as as good a performance from a, a Scotland central midfielder going forward yeah. we've had a lot of Scotland midfielders over the past few years who have put in great performances of just doing double graft, work and yeah. scrap and graft but the, the guile that he added he, he added to the Scotland midfield was absolutely yeah. fantastic I think I, I mentioned to someone who was, was talking about it that Christie and McGregor in particular are very very un-Scottish players yes. the way they play the game 
you don't see you see the, the type of pass that kind of low floated ball that Christie played for the I want to say the fourth goal the Forest uh, scored the, the it's just like that vision out of defence and, and swinging it and it's so I don't know if the the weight of the pass was just perfect and that was constant through the game the weight of his passing was superb from deep so I was I, I was going to wait until we I, I will skip skip slightly ahead on this but I absolutely think that that fourth goal is being massively underplayed and again I understand yeah. that we are playing Albania and yeah. Albania were rubbish they were down to 10 men they were 3 nothing down but that fourth goal is as good a goal as I can remember Scotland scoring um, Robertson wins it pings it off to Fraser pings it to McGregor who absolutely launches uh, Robertson absolutely fires a pass into Christie who's screaming for the ball who takes it about knee height in one touch kills it and then pings it onto Fraser who's already on his bike who just as, as you say the way to pass on it is just unbelievable um, cuts inside drops it on Forrest and at that point you think just hit it yeah. but then takes a phenomenal yeah, touch yeah. which if he meant it I have no idea he takes the boy out of the game I have no yeah, idea what I, he I, yeah, I would give him the credit that he meant it I think yeah. it, just, and it, it, was, it is one of, one of the best Scotland goals I've ever seen um, and it, every, every time I've watched it I've been surprised at more like why aren't people raving about this? This was an incredible goal from yeah. back to front and about five passes. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, do we have to say we're a wee bit lucky with the second? The penalty? I mean, that wasn't a penalty, I don't think, was it? I, I, uh, couldn't, I, I couldn't have said... None of the replays were that good. The first, yeah, time, were, the first time I watched that and I was like, well, I, I was watching that free kick and I was like, there's no way this is going anywhere. You could, yeah. tell, you could tell the way the players were lining up. It's yeah. like, well, nobody's scoring this. <laughs> That's where you need Charlie Mulgrew in the team. Yeah. Um, and my first thought was that looked like it had ball on the wall. But then you watched it back and there was the, never the, a conclusive angle yeah. at all. I mean, the, the referee immediately was looking for it. All the Scotland players were immediately looking for it. And I know he, judging judging reaction of the players isn't always the best. Um, but the way they reacted, I didn't. I, I was the same. I didn't really see a huge amount. Yeah. I th- yeah, it kind of felt like one of those ones where because everyone's so clustered together in the wall it's kind of hard for anyone to make a really obvious move with their hand I yeah. thought maybe but uh, 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 as you yeah. say it's kind of hard to tell but it's, yeah, I think we've just, it's funny with like modern football and all the cameras you get in the ground I've not actually seen a camera which showed where the no. ball hit no yeah. they, they, yeah. Yeah, they very much had a championship set up didn't yeah. they <laughs> there was one like, I don't know um, I, I've um, got I was watching it in HD um, big bit of a humble brag of everything I call it there but I think I think most folk are way HD these days but um, there was one of the cameras behind the goal where the, the resolution was just awful when they showed HD and it was like such a lag on the picture <laughs> and I was like yeah there's, there's definitely not a top of the range camera equipment out there no. in Albania yet um, but yeah I mean so as I say my, my sole negatives about the game were a lack of there was just I just watched the first 20 minutes 25 minutes even the whole first half of the game he had a few question marks about it being very similar to the Israel game in terms of the defensive shape. Yeah. After we were after we were one 0 up and against ten men and then two 0 up, we were brilliant. But the question is, and, and I do think we will beat um, beat Israel on Tuesday night tomorrow night. Mm. Um, but I think trying to people were overly overly optimistic about that and, and it's like you can't have an, an in between. You can't mm, have yeah. to swing from it, pessimism yeah. to extreme optimism. That was a good Scotland performance, but there have been several better performances. I thought, that, for example, even though we only won one 0 the performance at home to Slovakia in the last campaign was substantially better than that. Yeah. 
and there wasn't any kind of similar hubris about the performance. There was hubris about the fact we might we had a chance of qualifying, but because we, we bossed a very good team for 90 minutes that day, and we bossed a, a very, very poor team the other night, and the fact we won 4 0, fine, good, that's great, yeah. but there's no need to always get so carried away. No, but I think it, I think it's about the context of it. So it's the fact we were away from home, the fact there was a lot of young players, the fact that I think optimism was pretty low because of yeah, the number I of call-offs. And it's, it's, it's as much, I think, surprise, sort of... In, they're pleased be, uh, through a lack of surprise as much as anything else because the expectations... I mean, I think a lot of people expect the best we get a draw out of that and we... I mean, we're always going to have to win the Israel game anyway, but that we go into kind of lone confidence yeah. and everyone would think we were we were kind of doomed not to get through. Whereas I think obviously now, as you say, it kind of always flips between euphoria and kind of sheer depression, and it probably is somewhere in the middle. But it was really nice to watch a Scotland game twenty minutes to go, in fact forty five minutes to go, and there was just no danger that we were going to lose it away from home. I was I was slightly dis- I always talk to this every time. I was slightly disappointed that we were four 0 up in about an hour and we didn't yeah we didn't destroy. It didn't matter. As it turned out, it could have been. It could have come down to um, goal difference in terms of if we won the group, whether we got a home semi final or not. That doesn't matter now. Now, if we yeah. win the group, we will because we'll have more points, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I do wish one day Scotland would go out and actually beat someone ten 0 Like, just do it. Yeah. Just uh, on that as well. So on Tuesday night, so tomorrow night, we uh, fresh fresh from Washington seven plus to uh, Guatemala on Thursday. Israel have arrived in Glasgow. They also, <laughs> accord- <laughs> they also, according to soccer base, had a hundred percent possession in the game. So I would say and they only won seven. I would say only scoring seven is a pretty low number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they're a hundred percent possession according wow. to soccer base and uh, scored seven past Guatemala. Yeah. I, I, you know, I love international friendlies, which make no sense yeah. whatsoever. Israel prob- versus Guatemala probably played in like Cameroon or something yeah, as well, or like, like Craven Cottage. Uh, like, uh, uh, um, I remember Estonia for a while. What they seem to be doing a tour. Of the yeah. world, and like they were playing yeah. teams from the Pacific and teams from the Caribbean. <laughs> and you're like, what, what the hell's going on? Why are Estonia playing St. Kitts and Nevis? <laughs> uh, I don't know, international friendlies or something else. Gu- Guatemala, but what a weird yeah. Going for the Pep Guardiola school of uh, just passing the ball about without really doing anything. I presume they were sipping a lot within about the first 15 minutes, and then as Craig got annoyed, but they just didn't. Yeah, should have been going for 50. Uh, 50 uh, um, so is there, is there a lot? I did find the permutations of this whole thing quite frustrating, frustrating on the basis that regardless of beating Albania for nothing, doesn't actually count no, for anything. No. Um, and if we don't win on Tuesday night, if we'd won on Tuesday night, we'd have been fine yeah, yeah. regardless. But yeah, a little bit frustrating. Is there any changes that you would make, any changes that we could make for the Scotland team for Tuesday night? Um, well, you can't, you can't change that team because the one position that you'd have maybe said there was a question mark about was right back, mm. but there, there yeah, isn't another one in the squad. There's no one else. Yeah. To the extent that I would have taken Patterson off at half time because I thought he was going to get another booking and mm. end up getting suspended, but there isn't another right back there. Yeah. It has to be him at right back. Unless, and, unless, and unless you want to go totally mad and play uh, Jack Hendry there for <laughs> a lot. Hendry or Shinny, who yeah. Shinny played uh, the Scottish yeah. Cup final at right back, but. So it is, it is the same team. I don't see, unless there was an injury, why you would change it. Um, yeah. It's not like it's not like going from that Albania away game, home game where he picked the same team, even though he'd made. Two subs yeah, at half time or two subs at half time really changed the game, and he stuck with McDonald regardless. Yeah. This time, all those players and I'm criticising Patterson's performance. Patterson put a shift in and, and was not terrible. It's just he's out of position yeah, for yeah. what he is. 
he's the question mark. The rest of them played really well. You wouldn't change it. If you were going to make one change, it probably would be McTominay. And for Armstrong, I thought McTominay, who I still haven't decided if he's actually a good player or not, I thought he was good when he came on. Um, But Armstrong's better. Yeah. It's just uh, the only question would be whether um, players are fit enough to play the yeah. mm-hmm. and, and yeah. you would, again, you'd imagine they'd be fit enough to play the they were about 70% the, yeah. the last sort of 20 25 minutes yeah. of the game on Saturday um, I had to think I wouldn't change anything either and I think Patterson has had a game at right back again now so it makes it yeah. at least he's got one under his belt <laughs> and he can I, I, I mean the, the, not, not to go into this too much because it's quite a tiresome debate but the, the Tierney thing if you're playing against those similar level teams and you think that four four or four one four one sort of roughly what we were playing, yeah. if that's the best way of doing that, is he pretty much your best option at right back? Or is yeah, it O'Donnell? Yes. Is O'Donnell the other the I, other option really? So we'll maybe come into this. Well, we obviously know yeah. that I am a, yeah. an yeah. enormous Stephen O'Donnell fan, but I do think if you're if you're choosing between the two, I would pick Tierney at right back every day because I think he's capable of playing it. He's not obviously a natural right back, but unlike. <clears throat> some players that you pick out of position he at least kind of knows what he's yeah. doing it's just he's just playing fullback but on the other side it's yeah. not like you're putting a centre half out there no it's I, just his wrong foot I just I, I, I always think the, the Tierney at right back thing's kind of funny because Tierney will never have played right back in his life yeah on the basis that if you're left footed you would play yeah. right, you would play yeah, left yeah, back yeah. and you would yeah. play left mid there's no there's no <laughs> alternative for you because you're left footed that's where you go whereas if you're right footed if you're Graham Alexander for, yeah, yeah. Or, mm. for example you play centre half you play centre mid you play right back you play left mm. back and you deal all you deal with all of it because at some point you've not had a left footed player in your team so you've had to go out there Tierney on the very general I would not be surprised if it was the first time he'd ever played at right back yeah. when he turned out there and that's understandable that it's going to be a learning curve for him but I've always taken the view that James Forrest in front of him is always going to help him as well because Forrest is always going to help his fullback regardless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The two of them know each other very well. They know each other's game. They know that they'll be able to back. Who knows they'll be able to back them up there as well. So yeah, that's yeah. my good. Anyway, apologies for adding to that. No, you're no, absolutely fine. Dull debate. Anyway, so do we all think we'll win on Tuesday night? Yeah, I do. I, do. I, I think so now. I yeah. think I yeah. think I would always have backed us to beat Israel at Hampden. I think going out there is a challenge. But even though we were atrocious. In that game out there, we mm. were still a goal up, and we yeah. were still. They didn't do that much. They scored twice, and they could have scored more. But and McGregor pulled off a couple of saves. But I wasn't like going away, going or Israel are really a team to worry about. No, um, I mean, I mean, they literally are roughly about the same as us. We're all in. The, I mean, we're in this, this group because this is about the standard. I, I so, but but they are probably slightly worse in their forms and rubbish. And our home form in competitive games is pretty good. The the only thing I could see potentially happening I think we'll win but as if we haven't scored yeah, yeah, by the yeah. hour mark and then we just but, we're, we're, we but get the last campaign we, we yeah. did it over and over again yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean I know true. there's a different yeah. different bunch of players but it's not I think the crowd the good thing about the crowd at Hampton and the best, the best thing about that 4-0 the crowd at Hampton will get behind the team for 90 minutes tomorrow now yeah. if they've lost 1-0 yeah. that may not have happened yeah. but the crowd will be there I think people want McLeish to do well he hasn't done well mm, yeah. and, and I don't think he, I don't think he'd been in the job much longer regardless but I don't uh, people want him to do well because he was a likeable player and a likeable guy the first time he was a manager and so on so the crowd will be behind them and I think the other thing um, just coming into the game is I just think I don't think Scotland lost at Hampton in that last qualifying. No, they had, I don't think they've lost at lost. home since Germany three two. I'm pretty yeah. if I'm. And we right. won. Right. We beat Slovakia. We beat Slovenia. We 
almost beat England. Yeah. My biggest concern is all these games, they always fucking finish two each. <laughs> <laughs> last minute equaliser, two each. England, last Poland, minute equaliser, yeah, Poland, Poland, Czech, Czech Republic, Republic, two yeah. each, all the fucking time. So <laughs> German, again, Germany could quite easily finish two each. Spain, 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 and three goals every 15 minutes or less to go cool. yeah. so talking of hubris um, as we've just discussed we've beaten Albania a tiny wee bit so we're going to beat Israel and now we're going to win the Euros so with that in mind we've each picked a squad of players that are going to lift the Henri Delaunay trophy on the 12th of July 2020 at Wembley so we've got our 23 players yes. we've got a Scotland squad um, Craig I believe has also provided us with uh, where the players <laughs> are going to be playing yeah that's time. right I thought I need to go in all this if you're naming your squad you, you always when you see an international squad name yeah. yep. there is always a bracket after it that tells you yeah. what club they're at I have not done that but I will no. also, I'll, I'll do it on the fly yep. yeah. alright let's do that so yeah. we'll start with three goalkeepers which I imagine may have a fair amount of crossover yeah. here so I have I'll start off so I've got Alan McGregor who will presumably still be Rangers yeah. uh, Craig Gordon who by that point will be playing for Hearts <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Xander Clark who will be playing for Peterborough well, I've got McGregor Rangers Gordon Hearts is what I've written down and I have uh, Celtic's uh, number one Scott Bain um, who will inexplicably <laughs> be number one goalkeeper at Celtic and not have been found out yet and, and we'll... not having had to make a, make a save yeah. two years, in two years yeah uh, I've gone McGregor Rangers Gordon let's say Hearts I'm, I've done it either I've done the teams but I'll, I'll do this on the, the fly um, and then I've just put on firm third goalkeeper I mean I literally I mean, couldn't keep give a toss on the fence, I couldn't give a toss we'll say Xander Clark uh, and he'll be at uh, Millwall I don't know <laughs> don't matter, yeah. great 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 show and again on this at the moment it's with goalkeepers as well it's, it's very difficult to predict I mean aside from the fact that it won't be Jordan Archer yeah. it's, it's, my main, it's my main prediction <laughs> on that. the the three of them if they are fit they will go yeah. um, if not it'll be whoever's the chair McDonald plays <laughs> yeah. for that play Falkirk again <laughs> yeah. Dundee, Dundee United whatever he's turned up at that point so I, if we do it sort of three at a time mm-hmm. um, so I've got, I've got the next three defenders uh, my three the next three defenders are sorry my, my list has gone absolutely mental now it's on my phone rather than on a big screen uh, Andy Robertson uh, Kieran Tierney and Scott McKenna uh, Andy Robertson will be playing for Real Madrid Kieran Tierney will be playing for Liverpool and Scott McKenna will be playing for uh, Swansea <laughs> yeah, okay. well, I have uh, I'll just go for the first game I've got Andy Robertson still at Liverpool I've got Kieran Tierney uh, doing the hipster stuff at Roma mm. um, and they'll have the, they'll, they'll have the big squad they'll have the big you know the try hard social media guy will be having a like, big squad announcements with kilts on and all the shite of the day and there'll uh, be a big love in with Celtic and Roma you can see it a mile away um, and my third uh, I'll go for the full, all the full backs um, Right back Stephen O'Donnell who'll be at Celtic by then, okay. um, and because he'll be he'll be first choice Celtic right back and he'll be in the Scotland squad, yeah. and just as there is now there will be no other right back in the squad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going for my my first three: uh, Suter who'll still be at Hearts, uh, Berra who'll probably still be at Hearts, and McKenna who'll be at Barnsley. Yeah. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I have uh, again I have Christoph Berra and John Suter as well, um, who will both well uh, Berra will be at Hearts. Uh, Shooter will be partnering uh, Scott McKenna at Swansea, <laughs> which is definitely where I but yeah, the two of them will be will be leading Swansea's charge back to mid table mediocrity in the in English Premiership. 
And my, my final defender, actually, um, is uh, Chris Cadden. Oh, yeah. oh, no, no, second, so I've got two defenders to go. I've got Chris Cadden, who will oh. be playing right back after he's finally been uh, given unleashed the shackles from Motherwell, who will play for Hearts. Oh, yeah. He'll be Hearts right back, and he will be a, a backup in the squad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll just take the liberty of naming four names here because I've got my four centre half. I'll, I'll chuck my fourth in right, there as well. I've got, I've got uh, Michael Devlin, who will still be at Aberdeen. Oh, yeah. Um, he will be essentially the new Russell Anderson so he won't, he won't play but he'll be so dependable he has to be in the squad um, so I've got um, Charlie Mulgrew who'll still be in the squad um, LA Galaxy um, <laughs> cause Cha- Charlie Mulgrew Charlie he's, 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 he's not going to be Ellie. <laughs> the, the vegan Van Dyke will be still scrolling about the know, this is a, if, he's, if, he's, if he's vegan surely he's got to be in, in Miami or yeah. something like that he's like California that's all herbal life right yeah. that's all a bit his replacement at Blackburn Rovers will be Scott McKenna um, so Scott McKenna will be there um, I've got David Bates fresh from finishing third in the Bundesliga with Hamburg <laughs> and uh, after he's restarted the clock yeah, in Hamburg oh, yeah. and uh, John Stuter at Rangers um, are my four to set Michael Devlin's uh, yet another injury just made right. sure he wasn't involved I think I've only got three four five six. no I've got seven so um, I've got Bates will be at Bayern by that point since so they hoover up in you and half piece of the Bundesliga I nearly wrote that yeah <laughs> Imagine, uh, imagine how offensive he would look in a ball. You know, can't, 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 can't go at a red top. Can't go at a team of red top. Tierney will be at uh, Espanyol or something. <laughs> the, the Celtic fans will have wanted them to go to Liverpool, but obviously nobody's but, or somebody good, but oh, no, nobody's see, willing to pay Ro- for Ro- it. Robertson so. moves, moves to Real Madrid ah, to take over Marcelo, uh, and Tierney goes straight yeah, to Liverpool yeah. and becomes immediately a legend. <laughs> uh, Robertson, yeah, I, 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 I I think he'll probably still be at Liverpool and O'Donnell will be at Rangers uh, that's what I reckon um, that's me for my defenders uh, I do not have uh, Stephen O'Donnell in my squad um, so I must apologise for that but I do have Callum Patterson which is why I don't have Stephen O'Donnell in my squad because Callum Patterson is nominally down in my squad as a midfielder um, he will still be at Cardiff uh, mainly because he found a mad dog supplier in <laughs> Cardiff so he's totally fine there like, he, he, he has no reason to leave there um, but Callum Patterson will be a, normally as a midfielder but essentially could be just a bit yeah. anyway yeah. just skipping ahead I've got Patterson in but as a striker I do but also <laughs> as an auxiliary right back that's, yeah, uh, that's the same for me yeah. <laughs> it's total football well it's like when you go to the I was just thinking when you go to like the Euros they always get people with like your seven different positions yeah. that they can play like you get to have a couple uh, I have Stuart Armstrong um, and as well who will be back at Celtic and I have John McGinn who will be hold, who will be absolutely bossing the midfield uh, for Chelsea alongside the goal can't mm. um, well my, my I don't know if it was my turn or not but I've got um, Stuart Armstrong who'll be joining the Jack Cross Revolution at Sunderland alongside <laughs> Scott McTominay also of Sunderland and Callum McGregor who'll still be at Celtic yep. and they'll just have um, Sunderland have just been promoted from the championship inexplicably so <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just trying to figure out the timeline yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it works it works it's fine I have got uh Ryan Jack, who will probably be at Portsmouth or something. Um, McGinn, who Celtic will have tried to bid for uh, and failed to sign him during the summer, so will still be at Aston Villa. And uh, Ryan Fraser, who Celtic will have tried to bid for during the summer, but will still be at Bournemouth. <laughs> uh, I have uh, Lewis Morgan, um, who will be back at St Mirren on loan from Celtic um, in midfield. Uh, I have James Forrest, who will still be at Celtic and still turn up and down the wing. 
and I have Ryan Fraser who will be at Liverpool with standing in front of Kieran Tierney <laughs> uh, doing heavy metal football. Oh, yeah. I reckon like, I, the, him, him on the left hand left hand side of Liverpool's midfield rolls me terrifying. So I've got uh, John McGinn who'll still be at Aston Villa. Um, I have Ryan Christie who'll still be at Celtic, and I've got um, you bring a young player along for the kind yeah, of experience. Yeah. I've got Billy Gilmore. I've got uh, Billy Gilmore uh, well. on loan at Vitesse Arnold. <laughs> I also have Billy Gilmore as well. <laughs> no, you will exactly beat Vitesse. Yeah. That's a good shoot. Um, I don't have Billy Gilmore in my team, but I do have, in fact, everyone else is pretty boring. Yeah, McTominay will be at some championship team next season without. As soon as Mourinho goes, McTominay is off to the championship. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I have two more midfielders, so I have. Uh, Cal McGregor as well, who'll still be at Celtic, and I'll have I've got uh, Lewis Ferguson as well, who mm. will be at Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I've only got Armstrong, McGregor, Christie, who'll probably all be at Celtic by that point, and Forrest, they'll all be at Celtic. So Celtic will be linked, I think, to five out of, five or six out of the the whole midfielders that I've got, uh, or either have them in their books or have tried to buy them. And I've got three kind of wingerish players in my squad. I've got other players who could be wingers. I've got James Forrest, Celtic. Um, Ryan Fraser, who I think will be at Tottenham, and Glenn Middleton <laughs> at Rangers, who I think will have um, spearheaded their second place in the Premiership yet again. Um, I have uh, I've got um, four strikers as well. So I've got um, Ollie Buck, who will still be at West Brom and still probably won't have played a great amount of football, <laughs> but will have really impressed in a, in a friendly just in the build up to it, just by being a big terrifying runner. Um, so he'll be in there. Uh, Lee Griffiths who will have struggled next year and then in the build up towards the Euros he'll suddenly remember that he can go and play at the Euros mm-hmm. for Scotland and he'll set himself down knuckle down and score 30 goals that season for Celtic he will probably I, I imagine he'll lead the line for us uh, I've also got Glenn Middleton in there as well who'll still be at Rangers and again finishing second and my, my final Glenn Middleton is my sort of uh, youth player along the same sort of lines as Billy Gilmer um, but my, my final you, you always got to be a wild card yeah. striker and it has to be Eamon Brophy oh yeah Eamon Brophy has that. to be a wild card striker I mean broadly on the basis that he's had sort of two seasons of proper senior football this is his second season he never really got a, ch- a, a great amount of chance at Aki's and if he continues on this trajectory he will be the one that scores the winning goal at Wembley yeah um, you, oh yeah, yeah sorry yeah, I'll do it so um, it's Stephen Naismith who will be back at Rangers Um I'll have Johnny Russell who will be are, are Tampa Bay Rowdies still a thing or <laughs> some generic a, a, a MLA who's he even at now uh, Kansas City Kansas City right okay so he'll be at Wizards no Wizards of Boston oh they're right he'll be at the Miami whatever they are the David Beckham team Miami or something by that point they'll, 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 need a, they'll need a spearhead for the, the, the new Miami, Miami team Mundi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll have uh, I didn't actually think of a wild card, but it's a good shout. So I'm going to take Phillips out there, who's a very boring choice, and go with Greg Stewart, who will be at Rangers. Um, uh, Joe, and then I've said Patterson, and then Griffiths will be back at Hibs by that point. So I've got my, my four followers. I've got Stephen Fletcher, who, just like in um, Strachan's campaign, he had one good game at centre-forward, and then you couldn't get fucking rid of him. <laughs> team. Essentially the top of yeah. the Yeah, the same thing's going to happen again. Fletcher will be at Hibs by that point. Uh, back at Hibs I've got um, the spearhead of Sunderland's promotion campaign Ollie Buck <laughs> um, I've got uh, Callum Patterson still at Cardiff and my final forward will be Lee Griffiths of Celtic who won't have played in any of the qualifiers <laughs> but then I'll have decided uh, 
that he does actually want to play for Scotland again and he'll get picked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I would say that um, Western Sydney Wanderers star Scott Brown will have been expressed an interest or have been uh, eventually left out of me. He'll have been in there 30, but he'll yeah, be yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So if you have anyone that we have missed out on our on our twenty threes, um, I did actually consider expanding it to the thirty. But yeah. I was like twenty three. I've had enough fun doing this already. I can't expand it to the thirty as well. So that's our twenty three. If you disagree with it, if you agree with it, let us know who we've missed out. Tell us where each players are going to get to it. Let us know on Twitter. We'd thoroughly like to hear from you. So we'll finish up the show. So we we generally um, we generally do lowly winners and losers on the the Patreon, but this week we're going to be doing uh, best comebacks on the Patreon as well which you can subscribe to at terracepodcast.com or patreon.com slash terracepodcast um, for $2 a month or $7 a month and you'll hear our banging best comebacks patter um, so we'll do low league winners and losers does anyone have one to start us off? Um, well I'll go for Edinburgh City um, it's a, an easy an easy one yep. um, amazing season they've been having in general you know they've had basically won every single game more or less yep. they lost one to um, Clyde I want to say a couple of weeks ago um, but apart from that just gone winning they came from 2-0 down to beat Alwa in the um, Ambrook Cup quarter final one on penalties and that's I, I found it quite amusing that they've now beaten four different teams from four different divisions mm-hmm. in the four um, rounds so far. So they beat um, Albion Rovers from League Two, East Kilbride from the Lowland League, they beat Arbroath from League One, and now they've beat Alwa from the Championship. Mm-hmm. And they could face um, League of Ireland or League of, or Welsh Premier League opposition in the next round. So they have the they have the potential actually to win all six of their matches against teams yes. from different divisions. Without even playing a Colts team, so yeah. Yeah. And um, you, can, you can watch the uh, Iron Brew Cup draw live on the SPFL Facebook page on Wednesday at one o'clock. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> live from the Scottish Football Museum at Hampton, I believe. That's right. Yeah. Edinburgh City. Um, yeah, just, I mean, it's just the story of Edinburgh yeah. City from yeah. the kind of nonsense that they've been. They got, I mean, they they got promoted and all that, but they've never really done anything, and yeah. you're now looking at. I still think probably Peterhead will win that league, but they're they're keeping up there, so um, fair play. It's, it's, it's cracking as well because they are. This season they went for a full rebrand and they got the new badge and stuff, and it all just looks really slick and it yeah. looks really nice. It's great that they're getting a bit of a reward for that as well. It's thoroughly deserved. Yeah. Um, do you want me to give a winner or a loser? You crack on uh, yeah. the uh, I'm going to go for two losers, uh, and that's Fokker and Park Thistle who. <laughs> Or both shite. Um, so in a, yeah, so in a weekend where Alwa weren't playing, and one of them had the chance to at least um, close the gap and make it a bit more interesting at the bottom, uh, neither of them could do it. It was um, I wish the highlights earlier on. It was not a great game. Um, do you know what Gary Caldwell going for his third relegation of his managerial career for the record? Do you know what he said after the game? No. It was an outstanding performance away from home, a high-pressure game, the bravery and possession and control of the ball, the understanding of, of how we wanted to play, a fantastic performance. <laughs> I'm sure the Party Thistle fans yeah, yeah, felt much the, the same about that. I, I mean, it was it, it didn't look very interesting. The, the um, Thistle's goal was... I mean, there must have been about eight or nine Falkirk yeah. players within the close proximity <laughs> of it and somehow evaded them all. And then McKee, when he scored for Falkirk... Yeah, he looked offside. It's actually when you watch the you watch the highlights of it, and because um, Falkirk TV have got commentary, it's kind of like 
it's the odd person you're like I know who that guy is like as a player in like a sea of anonymous names who you've never heard yeah. of before yeah McKee I know who he, I know who he is like, that's fine I've got some sort of touch point there I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll dive in with a winner um, with which is uh, Paul Willis and Berwick Rangers um, Willis has three goals in a week or sorry three three goals in a fortnight six points and are now crucially eight points clear of Albion Rovers which probably makes them <laughs> That's safe enough yeah. the Albion Rovers <laughs> yeah, we're not winning three more no. games this season probably, even, probably even, safe for the rest of the season even if they sign another ten people from Scottish 19th <laughs> non-league division like whatever they've got um, I've also got another loser I've got a couple of losers as well I've got uh, Don Cowie who's a loser um, who went from being like a hard working industrious midfielder for hearts like hard as nails running about the place to rolling about the floor holding his face after a Motherwell player ran into the side of him um, to get him set off so yeah Don Cowie's a loser yeah I've got uh, Lyndon Dykes who did uh, which maybe seems a bit unusual because yeah he did score in the Queen of South Inverness game but in the last 20 minutes again good judging by the highlights but in the last sort of 15-20 minutes he seemed to just completely collapse like the amount of times he gave the ball away Inverness to set up and he was involved in the penalty as well where he, he kind of shinned it back into yeah. his own box and uh, it was quite something yeah. yeah and uh, there was a couple other ones and he's so distinctive as well because of his stupid hair it's really obvious to point him out when he's making a cock up or something so yeah uh, that was a, a, a good comeback by Cali um, and to be, uh, it's just really frustrating that they won the other week yeah that, yeah. that was so irritating yeah, ruined, nine, nine draws in a row it could have been yeah. but for that one missed penalty from um, whoever it was for Thistle that I can't remember an absolute bastard um, but it's ten, 10 draws in 14 matches for Inverness <laughs> I think we haven't really appreciated that Inverness are unbeaten and they are nowhere near <laughs> top of the league they're not even in touch yeah, with they're, 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 they've beaten the club record for, yeah. for an unbeaten run now haven't they yes yeah, they have 25 in the league so that's unreal but yeah. still no win yeah. in that run they've had more draws than they've had wins so yeah. in total because well, even it's kind of what is it going to be like the invincible video that comes out like and they, you know it's like they, whenever there's been an invincible it's like there's a pub just as I walk into work it's a Celtic pub and it's got that big banner that says invincibles like imagine the local thistle pub invincibles position sixth <laughs> goals for 25 goals against 72 I don't know that with their invincibles but uh, it's going to be it's going to be some DVD and nobody's going to buy I mean I might buy it actually yeah, but I could cancel buy it yeah. <laughs> he, can add, he can add it to his uh, his collection of, of wheel not final games. only only if they put it in final <laughs> <laughs> um, laser disc yeah so I, I was the Inverness were going to be my not neither winners nor losers draws. Draws, yes. um, or both would be the other winners um, just just constantly winning still unbeaten this season 5-1 away to Brechin just getting all set for them to suffer their first defeat when we go and all see them yeah. in uh, January yeah absolutely really, really looking forward to ruining our growth season and then being the reason why they, they don't get well, we, they don't we get went growth. to we wanted to watch United when they were flying high in League 1 last season and they lost to our growth so yeah. we're kind of probably repaying that favour yeah, it's kind of like when um, Serie A did that every kind of week they had like the team one team on oh, one yeah. week and then <laughs> the opposition the next so we're kind of doing that in a very long winded yeah, way yeah. 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 that means we're going to go to fucking yeah. Brecon next I, year I, I, <laughs> <laughs> the soup there's really good yeah. I didn't really know whether Craig Moore was a winner or loser going straight from maximum power gym to the SPFL <laughs> championship. Think, I think the guy who he, um, studied in the balls is probably the guy, a loser, the guy to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say he's probably a loser. Um, Craig Moore, I'm going to call him a winner because I'm kind of skilled. <laughs> Last year when I said Air United's bottle was, it crashed after that Alloa game, they went on and won the league the next week, so I don't know whether to 
pretty united they've lost us or not and the fact that they've gone two weeks without a win now and is the pressure starting to tell on Ian McCall's um, Ian McCall's entertainers or um, (laughs) so I don't know what to say about that one but uh, good luck to them in the rest of the season (laughs) on that note I think we're done I think we're done Uh, thank you very much for listening thank you very much to Craig and thank you very much to Andy for coming along today Um, as I said earlier inspired by uh, Inverness's amazing comeback to three each and uh, Switzerland gubbing Belgium we're going for the, the best comebacks um, and I don't know about anybody else but I've basically ignored football as a thing for comebacks so <laughs> mine is completely, completely out of nowhere so as I say you can listen to that on the Patreon te- uh, patreon.com slash terrace podcast you can get us on Twitter Facebook um, and uh, I don't know if the Instagram's running it depends whether Joe's out or not anyway thank you very much have a good week Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.